was the only word uh, in the whole ballet. Yeah, that, that, was, that was fucked up. I forgot how fucked up that play was, guys. I know, me too. Ooh. It was very, oh no. Oh. But they let us bring like the champagne and the little sippy cups, and that was nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't let you do the opera. Uh, we're going to the opera oh, to go no. tomorrow. We're very cultured. Yeah. Um, Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dan Brown Code. This is Lena. Miestas Forest. And uh, we're going to be reading chapters 91 through 105 of Digital Fortress, a book that doesn't end. It just keeps <laughs> going. It'll never end. And we're going to be reading this book until we die. <laughs> it really feels it's, like it's been my entire life. I also want to... we're going to do... It's going to be um, Zeno's Paradox, <laughs> where... Every time, like, you think, oh, this episode, they're getting to the end, but we only get halfway there. And then, like, the next episode, you're like, oh, they've only got half as long to read. So they're definitely going to finish it this time because um, they're trying to shoot that tortoise with the arrow, I think is what that is. But, like, can the arrow ever catch up to the tortoise because they're both in motion? Um, you know, that's how this book's going to work. So, <laughs> yes. So there's 129 chapters, and we're going to get to we're going to get to 105 today, which means we'll have... How many chapters left? 14? Oh, how dare you ask me that question? <laughs> 14 chapters after this. Something like that. Oh, boy. Okay, so just one more section of reading, basically. One more section. <laughs> uh, 91, in which David Becker doesn't know how to act in church. <laughs> and also in which Dan Brown doesn't know how masses work, I don't think. Dan Brown is so fascinated by Catholicism. He's, oh God, the man is pathological. <laughs> I got real worries about him. All right, let's get after it. Um, so he's in church. There's something about the Seville Cathedral had a single functional entrance, a design popularized in the days. Oh, we didn't do uh, Angels and Demons for the last section. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, we're going to skip it. We're going to skip it, Lena. Because it's because here's are you ready for this? Digital Fortress episode five part one. Digital Fortress episode five part two. Oh, hey. It's like it's like it's like the Twilight Saga. <laughs> What's the last one called? Breaking it's not. Dawn. Is it Breaking Dawn? Breaking Dawn. Yeah. It's it, this. This is our Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn, and the next one is going to be um, that one that's from Edward's point of view. What is that one called? Like Midnight Rose or some shit? Probably. <laughs> New Moon. <laughs> nope, that's the second book of the series. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. Hold on. What's the <laughs> Twilight? Twilight, New Moon, the third one, <laughs> Breaking Dawn, and then the Edward. What's the third one called? Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun is the Edward. What's what's the third one called though? Uh, Eclipse. Eclipse. Oh, because stages of the moon. Except Twilight's the not dawn. a stage of the moon. I'm sorry, guys. The dawn is also um, not a stage of the moon. Well, listen. It's not a science. Um, what's the what's the everyone called? What's the uh, midnight sun? Midnight. Jesus Christ. Um, I've got a midnight cup. It rhinestone cup. Fuck. Um, anyways, it's always night in the cathedral because it's dark inside there. Um, 
And it's mass is starting. And he's the only person oh, not wearing black. Mm-hmm. He's in khaki. His, and his, his jacket and his pants are made of khaki. <laughs> um <laughs> he gets he gets seated, he's bleeding <laughs> through his white shirt and khaki jacket. <laughs> um and I guess the mass is starting because in Spain masses just start as people are still walking and it's not a big problem. Um, wait, I did want to uh, add something. Sorry. It says the yeah. Seville Cathedral had a single functional entrance design popularized in the days when churches were used as fortresses, a safe haven against Moorish invasion. Does that check out? No. Okay. <laughs> Checking. Not, not, not really. <laughs> Especially not because this, not because this church was made after the Reconquista. Mm. And like to the best, I don't, I, I, I feel like I have not heard any stories of like Moorish invasions of post Reconquista Spain. I don't know. There might've been some, but I don't know. I feel like they were busy doing other things. Okay. Um, Christ. Uh, Hulahat has also gotten to the church just before the doors closed. And he's jealous because David Becker will get to die in a pretty church. Well, he's also jealous because David Becker's sit down and Hulahat's keep on walking. (laughs) God, I just want to fucking rest my legs. No rest for the Hulahat. Yeah. And David Becker's neighbor in the church is like, why is this guy dressed all fucked up? He's not doing mass right. He just keeps on kneeling. It's it's like, you know, it's a Catholic mass. We kneel and then we sit and then we kneel and we stand and we sit and we stand and we kneel and we stand and we sit and we kneel. Uh, Is that correct? It's not the right order, no. Oh, okay. Uh, in the in the modern mass, kneeling doesn't come until the, like towards the end of it, really. I see. Um, well, then he's doing it Anyways. Wrong. Yeah. And so... Eventually, guys, like, should I call a doctor? And Becker's like, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. 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 Um, and the guy's like, fucking act right in church. Fucking <laughs> sit down, bitch. He's like, yeah, if you're like, not sick, can't. then you need to sit down. Like, and like, one thing I don't understand Dave Becker's in khaki in a sea of black. And how is the difference between kneeling and sitting going to disguise him that much? If the person is looking down the aisles of pews and people are sitting on the pews versus kneeling in front of them, he's going to see the man in khaki kneeling in the aisle where nobody else is. It's all very stupid. Um, but then what happens is everyone around him stands up and Becker's like, why is everyone leaving? And then the service can't be over. It's impossible. We just got here. But then Becker saw the altar boy at the end of the row and the two single file lines moving up the center aisle towards the altar. He knew what was happening. Communion, he groaned. The damn Spaniards do it first. And I have spent a significant amount of time trying to Google this. <laughs> and as best as I can tell, it is just flat out not true. Okay. I'm pretty sure the order, like, I mean... The whole point of the Catholic Church, like the word, the word Catholic means universal. Oh, and it's like one of the things that when you're going through like Catholic catechism that like they tell you is like, oh, even if you're going to mass in um, wherever you are, if you're going to mass in Korea, if you're going to mass in Japan, if you're going to mass in Germany, if you're going to mass in South Africa, 
it's always going to be the same order of things. Even if you don't speak the language, you're going to know what's going on because the mass is the mass is the mass. So you get there and there's opening, there's a reading, there's a psalm, there's a second reading, there's a gospel acclamation, there's the gospel, there's a homily, and then there's the rite of communion. After all that, after the liturgy of the word comes the liturgy of communion. Mm-hmm. And it's the liturgy of the Eucharist. It seems to me like there would be plenty of uh, writing on the internet if for some reason the Spanish church was like, nah, fuck that, we do communion first here. And I have not found any of that. So I think it's just a thing he made up <laughs> to make his book work. I mean, I would not be surprised if it was just a thing he made up. Because he doesn't know anything. And he makes shit up literally constantly. And in this oh, book, God. he makes things up at a higher rate than any other book that we've read. Yeah. Well, um, this one also, this this is the first one to not come with the fact. You know, initial fact thing. <laughs> Uh, chapter 92, in which a shot is fired, but not where we expect. So here, Dan Brown indulges in the male author trope of um, writing women in the funniest way of like, she titted boobily down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, not so. I don't know what you mean. So not, I think this. I think this chapter is sexy. So not, not so uh, um, overt, but she's. Uh, there's a lot of humidity. Forest. And remind me what color Susan Fletcher is wearing. She's wearing a white blouse. Mm. And her white blouse clung to her body, soaked through. Um, why is there so much steam? What's going on? <laughs> the computer's overheating. <laughs> Steam? Well, as you may recall, the corpse of Phil Chartruki is slowly dying out and letting all its moisture into the air. It doesn't make so, sense. So um, Susan's blouse is all soaked through with, like, the <laughs> the human body's body is, like, uh, 78% water, right? Sure. So she's getting all that... She's getting all that tasty moisture. All that fill juice. Mm. So she hears a gunshot. She's freaking out because she left... She's like, I shouldn't have left the gun with Commander Strathmore. Fuck. Who knows what happened? She goes back to where she heard the gunshot, and it was Hale. Hale is dead. And he's holding a gun, the Beretta. She's like, oh, I must have left it on the couch. I'm so stupid. And um, there is also the, the a suicide note, which says, Dearest friends, I am taking my life today in penance for the following sins. Because if you don't, repeat the same language from when it was being written earlier, you won't know that it was the same suicide note. Um, well, also, like, uh, there, there's already no ambiguity for us as a reader, because um, when Susan is climbing down the ladder in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, Strathmore is holding the Beretta in his hand, he reread his note and laid it on the floor of the room, and he thinks, I'm a survivor again. And then he knew he was guilty of so much this was the only way to avoid accountability carefully he aimed the gun then he closed his eyes and pulled the trigger so like we already know that strathmore is the one who pulls the trigger right so we know unambiguously that strathmore killed hale right and we also know that he was a like little wuss about it and closed his eyes because he couldn't (laughs) face up to the facts yeah you don't say i'm a survivor before you kill yourself no, um. <laughs> that's, I mean, unless you believe in the everlasting power of God, um, that's a, yeah, that's a stretch. Um, so let's see. 
What do the final words of the quote-unquote suicide note say? Above all, I'm truly sorry about David Becker. Forgive me. I was blinded by ambition. And so now Susan Fletcher is going to be out of commission for a few chapters, <laughs> lest, uh, lest we start thinking she's a character with any, like, actual role to play in this fucking book. Listener, I want to reiterate for you that she did not shut down the computer. <laughs> she started down the ladder, heard a gunshot, and went up the ladder. Because, like, when, as, as we all know, when a gun has been fired, you can probably do something about it if you get upstairs five minutes later. Um, I don't understand people who walk towards gunshots. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. Chapter 93, in which two shots are fired. Oh, sorry. But not what we expect. Oh, shit. You, I did this clever thing with the chapter reads. And, you know, no, you no, no. You, I'm sorry. I kind of fucked it up. I'm so sorry. No. What were you going to say? Just Strathmore comes to console her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, chapter 93, in which two shots are fired. But not where we expect. So, um, we're back in Spain. <laughs> back in Spain, it's communion time at the church, and uh, that means that you get to eat the cracker. Communion time, last call for alcohol, and it's sorry. Oh, your pop punk punk voice is so <laughs> awful. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> um, so. He sees a khaki jacket moving through the crowd. Uh, Hula Hot does. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> and he fingers the gun in his pocket. Mm. And I just realized here that he can't hear gunshots. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he also has a silencer on the gun. I think. yeah, he does have. <laughs> it's just he like he knows he needs a silencer because he knows other people can <laughs> hear gunshots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, this character <laughs> why is he deaf I don't know it doesn't change anything it doesn't factor into his chase of David Becker like at all at any point um, no so he's fingering the gun and um, he said he would fire hip from hip level upward into Becker's spine that way the bullet would either hit the spine or the, a lung before finding the heart even if the bullet missed the heart Becker would die. A punctured lung was fatal. Not maybe not in more medically advanced parts of the world, but in Spain, it was fatal. I love. I mean, one thing you have to admire about Dan Brown is he commits. He really does. <laughs> and like he's committed to the bit of Spain being Spain is a shithole. Like, just the worst. This fucking curler, man. I can't handle what, it. What, the guy who's the fucking loser who uses the yeah, stick, the wrong he's stick? Still, he's, it's like, it's like it's, it would be like watching a... Um, like a baseball and he has like the tee that he's... Yeah, it would be like of. that. Or like you're watching the Tour de France and there's a guy with fucking training <laughs> wheels. Anyways, sorry. I shouldn't be watching curling as we record the podcast. It's okay. But like, I mean, I'm not watching curling, but it's whatever. Um, <laughs> so he, so he's he sees the the jacket approach and he fires two shots and the person slumps over and he reaches for the fingers and there's nothing on the fingers. Um, the face oh, no. was not David Becker's. Rafael oh, de la no. Maza. A banker from the suburbs of Seville had died almost instantly. He was still clutching the 50,000 pesetas the strange American had paid him for a cheap black blazer. 
it's weird because like i assume that dan brown wants me to feel bad this innocent man died but i saw a banker and i was like fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) got him but is he a banker is he one of those like 20 year old sad people who work at wells fargo you know Uh, i don't want to think about it a banker or a teller i guess is the question (sighs) what is the difference um class (laughs) i don't know (laughs) all right um chapter 94 chapter 94 in which someone finally believes midge so midge is chilling drinking taking a sip of the cool liquid as she she was before she is doing the opposite of chilling she is fuming (laughs) sorry she's fuming but she is taking a sip of the cool liquid as before no she uh, it's true it doesn't say she's not she's already sipped because she's fuming at the water cooler and then she crumples her paper cup and threw it forcefully into the trash can. The woman is mad. Um, so she's like, Brinkerhoff's like, where are you going? And she's like, home. And Brinkerhoff's like, no. <laughs> you can't go. I, I was born in the day, but not yesterday, I think, is a thing that people say. I was born in the day, but not yesterday. Like, I, I you can't get one over me. I'm not a... You say, uh, I, I wasn't born yesterday. No, but the, 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 there's another way to say it where you, like, add on a, a clause. <laughs> I think it's that one. I just, I just, I saw it for the first time recently, and I was going to try to bring it in here, and I did it in the most clumsy way possible. It's okay. You really I've, I've learned from the best, damn Brown. <laughs> So she's like, Chad, there's something going on. Like, like there really is a problem. Chad. Chad. Um, and then, let's see. Sorry. Um, Midge's gaze has sharpened, and she's like, do you know what happens, like, when things go wrong? Uh, because, like, if the cooling system fails, Transalter completely melts down and everyone dies. And she, in Brinkerhoff's, like, and power power's probably back. Like you're just like freaking out for no reason. And they look outside, and not only is it is the power not back on, but the the entire glass cupola, cupola. Uh, cupola. 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 I'm 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 happy either okay. way. Okay, it was filled with spinning lights, flashing strobes, and swirling steam. Again, steam question mark. Uh, Brinkerhoff stood tra- transfixed, teetering, light headed against the glass. Then, in a frenzy of panic, he raced out. Director, director. This is the third time I wrote in my book. Listen to women. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Chad's finally on board with things. Something's wrong, and that brings us to chapter ninety-five, in which church hypocrisy is laid bare. Also, more shots are fired. Are they the wrong shots, though? Uh, these ones are not going to somewhere we don't expect, aside from the fact that they aren't going into David Becker, they're just missing. Hold on, I'm getting, I'm reading the text you just sent me. <laughs> Let me get through it. Yeah. Chapter 95. Um, so, it's finally Becker's turn to take communion, or just about there, and, uh, you know, Hulahad is depositing the corpse of that banker into a pew, and then looking out for... Uh, Becker, who bought the other guy's black jacket off of him and then gave him his blood-stained khaki no, one. No, no, the no. Guy was like, no, that's not true. Um, 
He feared the... Uh, 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 hold on, where is it? It says, he thought of the man from whom he'd bought the jacket and hoped he had listened to his warning and not taken Becker's in exchange. So he actually Whatever. tried to not get the other guy to put on the other jacket. What a hero. I know. Because before I was like, this man is a moral monster and just purchased a yeah. victim for 50,000 50, pesetas or whatever. And so then it's Becker's turn for communion and he's taking the cup to partake of the blood of Christ and Hulahat is feeling pretty cocky. He's like, you're already dead. Uh, you're already dead. <laughs> Wait, and, I want to add, um, add something really quick before I move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation at the very beginning. And then it says el cuerpo de Jesu, el pan de cielo. And then it says la sangre de Cristo. Like every other paragraph begins with one of these. La sangre de Cristo, yeah. la copa de, de la salvación. I mean, I think that might actually be kind of an elegant literary device because as a former Catholic and current regular Catholic church attendee, Mm -hmm. uh, when you are going up to get communion, you do hear again and again and again and again, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, the body of Christ. And so like that, I think is maybe a effective literary device, but, um, it is silly. Um, I have a, uh, 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 church question. Okay. Um, my church question is as follows: uh, this the censer. Mm-hmm. How does it? Who swings it? So, um, in this church, I think it is like just a. It's like a real big ass censer swinging above their heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the censer is the thing in which the incense is. Um, thus, sense incense incenser. Um, and in this church, this is like big fucking thing swinging overhead. And I think that someone before the service in cathedrals like this, where there is like a big one constantly swinging overhead, I think someone before the service just like takes some kind of long pole arm sort of tool and draws it back and just lets it swing free swinging throughout the service. But And, you know, just like by the nature stops. of a pendulum. It will stop eventually, but I think it'll probably take a while for something that big mm. to stop. Okay. Um, but like in most services I've been to, well, in most ones I've been to, there's not a sensor at all, mm. but like they bring it out for, uh, you know, important holy days or sometimes like, uh, a few important weeks or something. And I think, I think at Lent we always have like, there's a sensor every week, mm-hmm. but like someone just is swinging it during the procession up to the altar at the very beginning of mass. And they just kind of like put it down near the altar during the service. Got it. Um, so it varies, but like when it comes to a stop, it's not a big deal. I don't think. I see. Okay. Anyways. So Becker is taking the chalice with the blood of Christ in it, which he probably like, it's a little disrespectful for him to do since I don't think he's a Catholic, but whatever. Um, I don't take communion anymore. And, uh, Awesomely, he takes this opportunity to judge this religion. He's not part of like it's a little early for drinking. Yeah, Becker hates as alcohol though. so much. <laughs> um, but luckily, he sees in the polished silver goblet the reflection of Hulahat raising his gun, and so Becker throws the cup in the air, and the priests are all like, "Oh no, <laughs> Dios mio!" And um. Becker manages to avoid the gunshot, which uh, explodes in the marble floor beside him. And so he escapes down kind of a side uh, 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 
at passageway in the church Mm -hmm. as there's panic behind him and then just because dan brown can't fucking resist taking a stab at religious people there is a cardinal in like the sacristy of the church who's been just uh taken slugs of the communion wine (laughs) which like at this point he says the the broken bottle of holy communion wine and it's important at this point that it's not I, pres- I presume it has not been sanctified at this point. So it is literally just wine and not really holy the communion wine. It's just wine. Mm-hmm. Once it's been consecrated, it becomes the blood of Christ. And that's part of why I don't think the Spanish do it first is because like part of the whole deal of the rite of communion is the actual blessing of the bread and wine to turn it into the blood body and blood of Christ. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this priest is like a sad alcoholic, but he's not necessarily sacrilegious here. I don't think this is our fifth but, mention of breaking glass in this section. <laughs> Feels like a broken broken glass. You got it, baby. Annie Lennox. Uh, (laughs) She was my graduation speaker. Oh, really? Um, Oh, wait, you told me that before. Yeah. Have you seen the Lake Street Dive cover of that song? That band I have a lot of confliction with because they're like very annoying, but the lead singer's voice is very good. But like when you watch videos, you're like, you're like way too put together. I can't deal with this. Your hair is too good. No one's hair looks like that. Stop it. <laughs> um, well, the music video for that song uh, has Hugh Laurie in it. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so then uh, Becker... The, 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 the alcoholic cardinal has made, um, he's had a door put in so he doesn't have to go in and out through the main door like common sinners. Isn't the whole point of because, Christianity because, that you're all sinners? I mean, yes, it's, it's Dan Brown taking a shot at this cardinal again. Like not only is he a degenerate alcoholic drinking wine in the back during the service, but also he thinks he's better than the common people. It's it's just like, I mean, like he's always pretty contemptuous of religion yeah. in a kind of gross way. Um, even for me, someone who like, you know, I go back and forth on religion, yeah. but uh, you know, it's 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 just irritating. <laughs> I don't like him. Uh, chapter ninety six, in which Strathmore's plan is explained again. Oh, God, I hate these. So, yeah, now is where, uh, now we get more of soaking wet Susan Fletcher. Yeah, she's wet and shivering, and Strathmore has draped his suit coat over her shoulders like a gentleman. Um, (laughs) Hill's body lay a few yards away, the sirens blared like ice thawing on a frozen pond. Chancellor's hull let out a sharp crack. So Yeah, did you know Dan Brown was a poet? Jesus Christ. Um, so she's, she's still working through, I'm truly sorry about David Becker. Um, and she's so David, upset. she sobbed. David! David. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Strathmore is going to go shut down the computer, um, because someone has to do it and it better be a man. And it's a man's job. <laughs> the woman already failed at it. He's very upset because, um, you know, his whole plan kind of is ruined because there is no North Dakota and it's a virus and he had fucked it up. Um, but then also he's like, there's still time. I can still salvage this. And Greg Hill had to die because he knew things that he wasn't supposed to know. He was a disaster waiting to happen. 
And then... Uh, Dan Brown's words, not mine. That's right. Um, Numataka calls him. And do you want to do your Numataka voice? Do I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit, can I do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strathmore goes, speak. Uh, I, yeah. Where's my passkey? <laughs> A familiar voice demanded. Who is this? Strathmore yelled out over the din. It's Numataka. <laughs> you promised me a passkey. <laughs> I want digital fortress. There is no digital fortress. What? There's no unbreakable algorithm. Of course there is. I've seen it on the internet. My people have been trying to unlock it for it's days. It's an encrypted virus, you fool, and you're damn lucky you can't open it. But? And that's it. That's it for the conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. And he clamps his and, cellular uh, shut, turns off the ringer, and rams it back on his belt. 12,000 miles away, Tokugan Numataka stood stunned at his plate glass window. His umami cigar hung limply in his so mouth. I did here. some Googling here. Oh, hell yeah. um, the only thing I have found that is called an umami cigar is a relatively recent creation of a Danish cigar company. <laughs> There's like not, as far as I can tell, any like a theoretical Japanese umami cigar. It's just Dan Brown's like, oh, umami, that's Japanese. <laughs> Decided to make that the cigar that Numataka liked. Well, yeah. So conveniently, there were um, Strathmore had specifically specifically uh, 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 chosen Numatech because he really wanted to be like I don't. It was like no one would be surprised if they ended up with the passkey, basically, and like. Well, and like no nobody would suspect them of being dupes of the U.S. government because Numataka hated Americans Except for. He likes tobacco. So what is the truth? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get Strathmore's plan explained again. Okay, I'm just going to read it. No, I'm not. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> We've already had it explained a million times. Like, he wanted a passkey that the NSA had access to that we could be able to read everyone's fucking thing. So he... The, the main thing that we learn here is that he... He hired Hula Hot. Yeah. Um, he's a Portuguese he, mercenary. He'd been working with the NSA for years. Uh, the only catch was that Hula Hot was deaf. Telephone communication was impossible. Recently, Strathmore had arranged for Hula Hot to receive the NSA's newest Google toy. Glass. What? Google Glass. <laughs> Google Glass. Uh, Strathmore bought himself a Sky Pager and programmed it to the same frequency. From that moment on, his communication with Hula Hot was not only instantaneous, but also entirely untraceable. It's so tell-don't-show. Can't you just say, like, he looked at his pager and, like, received the messages that the other guy was sending? Then you would know that he had a pager to communicate with this deaf person. Like, it's... Yeah. (laughs) Let me draw conclusions. Um, So, the other thing we learned that's important is that uh, even though Strathmore doesn't really know how, he did tell Hulahat to kill Tankado, and Hulahat did it, except that he did it in public when he couldn't get the ring himself. So we do have that confirmed, but uh, the fact that this happened allowed him to send David Becker out on this suicide mission. So it was like a a, a real spur-of-the-moment kind of inspiration for him to kill two birds with one stone, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um. But most, like, this whole, it's just... So... And like, one of the things that drives me crazy with this book is I think that when Dan Brown in the early chapters is just talking about Hula Hot as the guy in the wire rim glasses, he then 
assumes that he's made a contract with us to reveal the identity of this killer. Yeah. And so when he finally reveals to us as this guy named Hulahat and we're all like, Oh, what a clever revelation <laughs> of something that doesn't matter at all. We've had no reference for. And then in this chapter, he's like, Hulahat was a 42 year old Portuguese mercenary. I'm like, now I'm really interested in this character. <laughs> and it's just like, not interesting. How Who cares? Well he's just this guy. Right? He's just like a scary deaf guy who has, who yeah. makes inhuman sounds. Um, there's a sentence here that is really puzzling. <laughs> Getting Tancado's passkey was critical, but Strathmore knew that sending a deaf assassin into the Seville morgue was a suicide mission. Okay. Yeah, obviously. So, <laughs> does it matter that he's deaf? <laughs> Why is sending him into the morgue a suicide mission? What's in the morgue? Like, are there are there sound crimes going on? <laughs> I don't know. It's so fucking stupid. Because him being deaf doesn't seem to, you know hinder him in any other way we've literally never seen that come in hula Hutt's way right there's never been an issue where like yeah. becker had the upper hand because he wasn't heard you know yeah it's it's stupid as hell chapter 97 in which a second person believes midge i'm so glad there's a whole chapter for those um, yeah so so uh brinkerhoff comes in just like look and then he says, it's a panic at the disco out there. And, um, well, he doesn't say that. But there is a panic, and it is at a disco. He says it's a goddamn disco down there. Um, yeah. I don't think you mentioned It's Fontaine walks in the room. Oh, now. sorry. Like the director I forgot of the that Chad's name was Brinkerhoff. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, so it's overheating. And... And so now Fontaine picks up the phone to call Crypto and Strathmore doesn't pick up. He's like, fuck, why can't this motherfucker pick up his goddamn phone? And that's the end of the chapter. That's it. That's the whole chapter. Boom. 98, baby. Chapter 98, in which Becker climbs some stairs. (laughs) Damn it. That is what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. But it takes takes like five pages to do so, or four pages. So yeah, we got... Three th- we get like three sections here. The first one is Hulahat busts out of the Cardinal's chambers and is trying to figure out where Becker could have gone. And he's like, well, he's got to be somewhere close because he doesn't have much time to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It would be wild for him to climb up the famous bell tower of this church, the Giralda. Like, that would be a crazy thing for him to do because there's only one way in and out and, like, there's no other way to hide there. Mm-hmm. Um, we got an anecdote about how this patio, the Jardin de los Naranjos, was famous for its orange trees, and that's where marmalade was it's born. It's literally the dumbest shit in the world. I don't know if it's true. I didn't look it up. I was going to, and I decided <laughs> it would make me too mad. But this is... When 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 when, when Paddington Bear um, says his daily prayers, he faces the Seville Cathedral. <laughs> that's cute. I like um, that. Anyways, uh, as... Hulot, or yeah, so he's he's trying to figure out where Becker's gone. Then we cut over to Becker, who after Hulot's like, "There's no way Becker would have been that stupid to climb up this thing." Smash cut to David Becker climbing up the last <laughs> of the stairs. He has in fact been that stupid. Yeah. Um. Um. He was that stupid. He walked out of the courtyard, went into the first open door, and was already up like two flights of stairs. Where I was like, "Fuck! This is the tower." <laughs> it's. It pretty much says that. That's essentially what happened. 
And then, um, the, what's his name? Hulahat sees, like, a shadow, like, in one of the slits and is like, ah, fuck, this fucker's in the tower. Well, he sees the shadow because, okay, so Becker is climbing up this thing and he's seeing the daylight stream through the openings in the wall. Okay. So, then he looks out and sees the man in the wire room glasses far below, his back to Becker staring out at the plaza. Becker shifted his body in front of the crack for a better view, crossed the plaza, he willed him. And that's the deadly mistake, because as Hulahat is down in the courtyard, Hulahat is looking at the shadow of the tower, and he sees the slits of light caused by the light passing through the windows of the tower. Don't think about it too hard, because if you don't want to make any sense... Uh, because you'll realize that there's no way the tower is open enough for the light to cut all the way through from one side to the other when there's a stairway in the middle of it. Um, so don't think about it. But he sees one of those slits of light be cut off by a figure passing in front of it because Becker just leaned out for a better view so he could see Hulahat cross the plaza better. And so then Hulahat doesn't think twice. He just runs towards the stairs. All right, it's time for Six Men to Avoid. Yep. Okay, I think we're like maybe more than halfway through this book now, or at least getting there. Incredible. Okay. We're going to have to find something else. Uh, <laughs> number one for this episode Men who consider a tractor pull a cultural event. That's just elitist, you know? I've yeah, seen I a tractor pull. It. Actually, one day I had strep throat and I was in my house and I woke up from a fever nap. And I found myself watching ESPN like 18 or something, <laughs> like like a very off-Broadway ESPN. <laughs> and, well, they had uh, tractor pulls and drag races. And, oh no, not drag races like, like you would on the street, but like a car that had to pull like an extremely heavy object. <laughs> and... And it was amazing. That sounds pretty <laughs> it good. It was so cool. It was like the Iowa State Fair, and, and there was just so much smoke. Oh, I love, I love that shit. I don't like NASCAR, but I like other car sports. Okay, next. Uh, number two of the day: men who read Dear Abby. Okay, so this is like the thing about men who pr- pretend to be women, or men who write self-help books for women, right? Like, Something like that. Like. Men who read Dear Abby are bad, but men who pretend to be a woman to give advice are fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's best not to think too hard about it. Um, Number three. Yikes. (laughs) Men who think yeast infections cause moldy bread. Okay, so... (laughs) That's probably... Obviously, you should avoid that person. But also... You can make bread with a yeast infection. It who's is this, yeast. Who's, 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 who's this guy who is like, ah, yes, I know that yeast is used in the making of bread, but doesn't know what a yeast infection is. Well, who is this person? So I think, so there's a couple layers here, right? Like he's heard the word yeast infection and he knows there is yeast in bread, but he doesn't know A, what a yeast infection is or B, that the yeast is made in the baking of bread and not in the molding of bread. Wait. The yeast isn't made in the baking of bread. No, it's not made, but it is used in the baking, not in, in the, yeah. the, you know, green fuzzy mold. Like, 
Well, no, but it's the infection of the yeast <laughs> makes the moldy bread. Oh, the yeast itself is infected? Yeah. By other mold. By well, other the fungus. Yeast infection, the, the, the infection of the yeast causes the moldy bread. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> um, number four. Men who know more than ten slang words for breasts. Go, so, go for us. I was thinking about this one, and like at first I was like, "Man, I know like 50. and then like, I started listing. I was like, "I got maybe four, really." And after that point, you're just like really reaching, like the thing where you uh, uh, reverse people's names. Like, uh, um, fuck, what was it? It was like a thing you do in like high school with celebrities, and now I can't think of a single fucking one. Oh no! High school celebrities? What are you talking about? No, like it was like it was like it was like a joke for a while where it was like. Um, you know, I'd Ashley hurt his Dales or something. Oh, I don't know. I forget how it worked. The structure has eluded me. I think that's but, right. Like, I think that's right. Like, but I'll like, stimulus you got, your package was very yeah, rampant in my time. Um, but like tits, cans, boobs? Hooters, boobs. That's how many is that for? If you. Tits, That's cans, four, hooters, and like, at, and like, at some point, titties is is that separate from tits? No, hold on, we can actually know. do it. I think. Okay. Gazongas. But, yeah, gazongas works. Um, 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 um jugs. Um, jugs. That's six, I think. Um, I think we're. I mean, if we're counting tits and titties as separate, that's seven. No, we, let's not. Let's not. Let's, let's not rely on that yet. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not use crutches here. <laughs> um. Them swangin' things. Nope, I won't accept that. <laughs> uh, I've heard jubblies. I've heard that. Um, I've heard. <sighs> I can do this. Um, okay, what did we say? We said. We've got cans. We've got jugs. We've got hooters. Sweater puppies. We've got tits, sweater puppies. That's um, a thing. Two more. We can do it. Uh, 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 um, is is it assets people use for boobs? I don't think so. Qualities. There's like there's like something that you like you make the hand motion of is you're like I like her qualities or something. Her personality. <laughs> yeah, personality you can use. Um. Have you said gazongas already? We said gazongas already. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shoulder boulders one. <laughs> Sorry, it could be. <laughs> I'm just making shit up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, suffice to say, like, I mean, like, contextually, at any point, there's always like ones you can use that aren't like Tata's. common things. Ta- yep, <laughs> we did it. That's ten. Um, yeah, so uh, we're we're men to avoid now. Uh, number five, men with fanny packs. Okay, look. I know that, you know, fanny packs fell out of favor, and then they came back into favor, and then they've fallen out recently again. (sighs) Did you know that in the UK they call them pussy packs? (laughs) They don't. (laughs) Have I told you the story of me trying to buy a fanny pack in the UK? (laughs) No. So I was (laughs) in the UK, (laughs) and I was trying to go to a music festival, so I had to buy a fanny pack. (laughs) Obviously. I was... In a store, and I ask the girl, "Do you have any fanny Did packs?" Did you not know? <laughs> I didn't know. Oh no! And the girl just looks at 
me. I'm horrified. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, excuse me? Is it a fanny pack? And she went, what is that? What is that? And I said, you know, it's a, it's like a bag that you wear around your waist. And she says, oh, a bum bag. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. She's like, a fanny here is... It's a, a word for, you know, <laughs> lady parts. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've done something awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> last one. Uh, men who read their horoscope. Dan Brown just hates gays. And and fun and women. I read a really good piece recently about... He doesn't say to avoid women who read their horoscopes. Yeah, but okay. I read a thing recently about how like... The general disdain for astrology is so intertwined with misogyny, um, and like the idea that like women are irrational and that's why they do this thing, even though for the most part women, it's like for fun. You know, it's about as serious for people as like your Myers Briggs test. You know, <laughs> like. Um, I mean, my problem with it is that it's a science and that women shouldn't be getting involved in that kind of serious um, Oh, that's a valid argument. No, I get yeah. that. Okay. Shall we move on? <sighs> Stupid. Um, 99. So... 99. In which a phone call is made. Fontaine is like, abort it. And Midge is like, they can't abort it. And then Fontaine's like, I gotta call... Oh, uh, I don't know. Someone's calling them. And he says, give me the phone. And it's Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Jabba. And he's like, uh, there's a, something going on down here. And it could be nothing, but and Midge is like, what the fuck? And she says, it's not nothing. Obviously, we take things very seriously. And also Strathmore by, by Pascal. So don't give me any of that. Yeah. That's my fourth listen uh, to women. Um, <laughs> Chapter 100, in which stairs are ascended and descended. Well, right off the bat, I want you to know that the iron candle poles on each landing would make good weapons if Becker decided to use one. <laughs> That's like hmm. the first thing we get. That's called foreshadowing. Um, Hula Hot moved quickly but carefully. Uh, the stars, the stairs were steep. I almost read the stars were asleep. Um, the stairs were steep. Uh, Taurus had died here. This was not America. No safety signs, no handrails, no handrails, no insurance disclaimers. This was Spain. No phone, no lights, no motor cars, not a single luxury. It's like Robinson Stop it. It's primitive as can be. I think I've said that before in another you episode have. of this podcast. Why does Amish Paradise <laughs> crop up so often? That's not, that's the theme song to Gilligan's Island. Oh. Uh, I think Weird Al might yeah, have referenced he it. in, he it, yeah. yeah. How dare you? Sorry, I know. Um, this was Spain. If you were stupid enough to fall, it was your own damn fault, regardless of who built the stairs. So I just took a, a tourist exam. <laughs> and first of all, you can't have a country without premises liability. But what's the temperature you're supposed to bake them at? 415, but also fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... There's no law in Spain? <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently. I mean, at least not any liability laws. It's just so funny, because the way that he phrases it, if you were stupid enough to fall, it was your own damn fault, regardless of who built the stairs, is like, 
it's freight like to add regardless of who built the stairs is it just i don't know screams liability i don't know what else to say okay sorry and like that makes spain's laws less advanced than those of like uh fourth millennium bc sumeria (laughs) um in the code of Hammurabi and also preceding law codes, that's right, guys. There were law codes before Hammurabi's what? code. His is just the most famous. But um, one of the very famous uh, tenets of it is that if uh, your son is killed because your house collapses, then the architects or like the the guy who built your house his son's gonna be put to death and if you die because the house collapses the architect's gonna be put to death um seems right to me i don't know <laughs> it makes a lot of sense you know <laughs> premises liability Eye for it <laughs> uh this is facts for you guys about sumerian law codes <laughs> um wow wow forest hammurabi was a babylonian king literally centuries after the height of the Sumerian Empire. How could you get them confused? Shut up. I know. We don't study Sumerian law at all in law school. <laughs> Messed up, if you ask me. <laughs> so... Okay, so Hulahad's getting to the top of this staircase, and he knows there's a room there, and he's, like, he's planning out how he's going to case this room and, um, you know, take down David Becker, and he's like... Not a problem. Um, when I get to the top of the cell, I'll have a line of fire everywhere. And so there's just no fucking way that he'll be able to get past me. I'll like look towards the one corner that's like close to me. I get to the top. So Dave, I can't go behind me. If he's not there, I turn around. I've got a line of sight everywhere. Not a problem. And then he gets real cocky. And so he sends the text now, subject David oh, Becker no, no, terminated. No, First, he, he describes the room as a killing box. A killing which box. Is amazing. A killing box. <laughs> which is amazing. And I want that book. Dan Brown, put it, put it in the comments for us. Tell him that you want him to write a, The Killing Box. <laughs> Dan Brown, please write The Killing Box. Um, it's about vagina dentata. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the time had come. He chucked his weapon. He gets up there. Uh-oh, David Becker's nowhere to be seen. Smash cut again. And David Becker is hanging out of one of these windows of this tower, 325 feet like over the... Like a sitcom about an affair, you know? Yeah. Like... And so, you know, as Hulahat was running up the staircase, he didn't notice uh, Becker's little thinners sitting there on the windowsill. Um, I... I can't believe that he can't kill this dingus. <laughs> so He's dumb. a forty-two-year-old trained assassin <laughs> who's worked for the NSA and like always gets his man. And like some school teacher in a khaki suit. We've, we've He's not this. a school university professor. professor. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but like Becker is concerned because he's going to be coming back down the stairs soon, and he'll definitely see his finners on the windowsill this time. So. Uh, he spends all of his energy to do a pull up, which like, even though he's very fit, it's hard cause he's been shot. He's been running all well, day. You know, like, luckily his daily squash routine involves 20 minutes on the Nautilus machine to develop his biceps. God. What is that? Is that a rowing machine? That sounds true. I'm going to look it up, but that doesn't develop your biceps. I don't spend a lot of time in the gym. Nautilus machine is 
Like a Bowflex, I think. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a Bowflex. So, yeah, Becker manages to do a pull-up and get on the stairway just in time and starts running on the stairway just ahead of Hulahot, like kind of a half turn ahead of him. So, like, they can, you know, they catch, like, sight of uh, Hulahot, like, catch sights, catches sight of David's shadow and his, like, legs out of sight around every curve. He shoots a couple times and, like, doesn't hit him. And, um, you know, it's... <laughs> He spends so much time describing this chase down the tower, and like it's not interesting at all. They, they chase down the, the tower. Uh, Hulahot has infinity. Oh, sorry, I'm like not facing the mic. Okay, <laughs> they chase each other down the tower. Hulahot has infinity bullets. Um, Hulahot is just firing in frustra- frustration at certain points, and then yeah. um, uh, one of those fucking iron candle holders is used as a weapon. <laughs> yeah, so like he he thinks he sees Becker kind of trip, and so Hulahot's like, ah, I got him now. Um, but he wasn't tripping; he was tearing one of these candlesticks off of the wall and then using it to trip Hulahot, who then falls down the stairway and dies. <laughs> he, he goes head over heels. But then he's described as having spiraled five complete 360 degree rotations before he rolled to a stop. But like he's 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 rotating along at least two different axes of rotation. That's right. So he's like spiraling down the stairways and going like somersault. Yeah, it just made it sound like the somersault was a spiral. Yeah. And uh, that brings us to chapter 101 in which Becker is killed. Yeah, he has a uh he's holding a gun and he but uh um Hulahot is dead and he looks at the ring and is like this is worth killing for and then some two two men jump out of a uh Wait, he gets to he he first like is like looking at his at Beggar's looking at Hulahot's glasses. He's like these are weird glasses. They got like an earpiece and mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. But he was too exhausted to be curious. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not too exhausted to be a shithead. Um, no. And then someone... Two, two someone's jump out of a van and are like, uh, David Becker, come with us. And then he chooses not to and they shoot him with a, what I assume is a tranquilizer. Uh, I think he's dead. You think he's dead? No. <laughs> <laughs> Does Robert Langdon ever shoot a gun? Does he? Um... He must. Yeah, he holds a gun. I think he, he must shoot at some point. I don't know. Okay. Uh, chapter 102. I can't believe he thinks... In which, I'm sorry. I can't believe he thinks David Becker is the hero of this book. <laughs> I know. All he's done is trip a guy with a candlestick. And like insinuate uh, pedophilia. David Becker with a candlestick in the Geralda. <laughs> chapter 102. Strathmore... Or, or, in which everything is gross. Um. So... In, I mean this along several different ways. <laughs> so... Strathmore goes down to turn off the computer, but to do so, he has he like he first relives his killing of Chartruchian. Uh Spoiler: He did kill Chartruchian. Yeah. So there's mist and water falling, and there's humidity and like an inch of water on the ground. So I just want you to know that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he has to get to the circuit breaker and pull a lever to the, so the remaining power in crypto would die. 
and then he can reset the generators. But there's an obstacle in the way. Chartrukian's body is still on the generator's cooling fins. Um, he has to move it. Otherwise, restarting it is always going to make it re- heat up again because Chartrukian's blocking the you know heat escape. And then this fucking paragraph. Strathmore eyed the grotesque remains and made his way over. Reaching up, he grabbed a wrist. The flesh was like styrofoam. Ugh. The tissue had been fried. The whole body was devoid of okay, moisture. Okay, stop right there. Look, I know that he got fried, but also the room is literally a sauna. It's hot and humid in there. So, if anything, it should be soggy. It shouldn't be devoid of mo- moisture. The commander closed his eyes, tightened his grip around the wrist, and pulled. The body slid an inch or two. Strathmore pulled harder. The body slid again. The commander braced himself and pulled with all his might. Suddenly, he was tumbling backward. He landed hard on his backside up against a power casement. Struggling to sit up in the rising water, Strathmore stared down in horror at the object in his fist. It was Chartrukian's forearm. It had broken off at the elbow. That's so gross. It sucks. And so upstairs... Yeah, and so upstairs, Susan is still, like, in shock, and she's like, oh, my God. She's wrapping Strathmore's coat around her, but then suddenly... So she prays to God to protect David, um, and as if in response to her prayer, the jacket starts vibrating, and uh, she pulls out a sky pager. Somebody was sending Strathmore a message. I can't he left a sky pager in his jacket. What an That's idiot. So fucking stupid. Uh, uh, so six stories below, Char- uh, Strathmore is like, I'm a survivor. I, I got Chartrukian off this thing, and I'm going to restart the computer. I've sacrificed the best years of my life for country and honor, but what about love? He deprived himself for far too long with that hag, Beverly. Where's um, and for what? It's at oh the end God, of the chapter. Right to watch... Oh, oh no. To watch some, I remember this. No. Okay. To, to watch some young professor steal away his dreams... Strathmore had nurtured Susan. He had protected her. He had earned her. Ah! And now, at last, he would have her. Susan would seek shelter in his arms when there was nowhere else to turn. She would come to him, helpless, wounded by loss, and in time, he would show her that love heals all. Honor. Country. Love. David Becker was about to die for all three. So, bold and... I think prescient to have a book where the um, the villain is not only an NSA pawn but also an incel. Well, I mean, he has he had a wife, <laughs> but like he, he's, he's like very he's like he's like yeah, he's like a partial incel. He's an incel with the one object of his uh, devotion, yeah. with his Stacy as it, as it were. Yeah. Um, which brings us to chapter 103, in which Strathmore's plan is laid bare for like the 50th time at this point. So he comes up out of the trap door and he's like striding towards Susan, toward his future. And Susan is there waiting for him. She looks like a freshman co-ed 
Dan Brown stopped talking about <laughs> freshman co-eds um, who'd been caught in the rain. He felt like the senior who'd lent her his varsity sweater, but he forgot to take his cell phone out of it where there were other girls sending him nudes. <laughs> That's what's going uh, on. <laughs> if I'm going to complete oh, the metaphor. Hold on. I have to plug my computer in. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. So yeah, uh, Strathmore's like image of this perfect reunion between himself and Susan is um, gets all fucked up because Susan is looking mad and she's like, "Are you?" Uh, oh, uh, and then, it. okay. But as Strathmore moved closer, oh, for the first time in years, he felt young. His dream was coming true. But as Strathmore moved closer, he felt he he was staring into the eyes of a woman he did not recognize. Her gaze was like ice. The softness was gone. Susan Fletcher stood rigid, rigid, like an immovable statue. So, this is maybe I think the third time in this book that be, when a man is made to atone for what he's done, the woman has it, he, the woman is perceived as being like <laughs> awful, monstrous, and monstrous, yeah. and, and unfamiliar. And like, what happened? She was so soft and kind. What could have possibly happened to change that? <laughs> <laughs> Why do they have to have emotions? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, continue. Yeah, so uh, his question is answered because Susan pulls out the pager from her pocket and scrolls through it, and he, you know all the messages, subject, Ensei Tancado, terminated. Subject, Pierre Clouchard, terminated. Subject, Hans Huber, terminated subject Rosia Ava Granada terminated oh, out. and then finally at the end oh no this one I can't come back from subject David Becker terminated <gasps> Strathmore hung his head his dream was over good fucking creep which brings us to chapter 104 which I have uh, my, my summary here is three two one Uh, it'll become more clear why uh, for for my summary for the next chapter. Okay. Um. So she's uh she is leaving and she's mad and she's running away and she um. Strathmore grabs yeah, Strathmore her. Strathmore grabs her and he's like, I can explain. And she's like, he doesn't say anything. And he's like, I love you. I've loved you forever. And she's like gonna puke. And all she can think about is. David's bright green eyes closing for the last time, and then Greg Hale's corpse seeping blood into the carpet, and Phil Chartrukian's burned and broken on the generator's gross. And he was like, "The pain will pass. Yeah. You'll love again, and stay with me. I'll heal your wounds. I did it for us. I love you. Ma- I've loved you forever. We're made for each other, Susan. I love you. I love you. I love you." The words flowed as if he had waited a decade to speak them, and she's and. <laughs> Translator like goes <laughs> to like it lets out a savage, <laughs> pitiless hiss. Just to break up the mood a little bit. A distant, ominous sizzling that seemed to grow like a serpent in the depths of the silo. Do you think that the uh all the S sounds there, all the consonants, do you think that's intentional? <laughs> I think it's masterful. Distant ominous sizzling that seemed to grow like a serpent in the depths of the silo. Masterful. Truly a masterclass. Um, it might be poetry. I'm not sure. 
the commander let go of Susan and turned towards the two billion dollar computer. Oh, it's exploding! It's it's exploding. The six story rocket began to tremble. Means uh, Strathmore's getting an erection. No. Um, at the base of the silo transitor's titanium strontium processors had just ignited which brings us to chapter 105 blast off nice yeah see what i did there yeah i do it was good um a fireball racing upward through three million silicon chips makes a unique sound the crackling of a forest fire the howling of a tornado the streaming gush (laughs) of a geyser all trapped within a reverberant hull. It was the devil's breath pouring through a... Demon hole! Demon hole! Pouring pouring through a sealed cavern looking for escape. Demon hole! Okay. Yeah. And so uh, Strathmore looks at Susan. He's like, she's an angel, which is episode one. That's episode one. Um, Are you an angel? I might rewatch that movie tonight. That's what I should do. Oh yeah, I'm watching this because that way I can identify with Strathmore. It's like she's an angel. He searched. <laughs> he searched her eyes for heaven, but all he could see was death. It was the death the of death trust. Of his dreams. Love and honor were gone. The fantasy that kept him going all these years was dead. The only thing that's left is country. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and so she's like. I will die and be with David, but like she can hear David's voice like egging her on yeah. to survive live, and like Susan, leave live, and run away. Live, live. That's exactly it. And Strathmore keeps on being like he keeps on grabbing her, hold me, Susan, I need you. And Susan's like, fuck no, and she tears free and goes up the catwalk, I guess. It's a catwalk when Susan Fletcher's on it. Got him. Mm-hmm. And then as the flames are rising up out of Transalter and is blowing up, she sees Strathmore mouth his last word in this life, which is Susan. And um, Commander Trevor Sp- Strathmore passed from man to silhouette to legend. <laughs> uh, you dead nerd. When the blast hit Susan, it blew her back 15 feet into Strathmore's office. And she remembered searing heat. Um, Susan is not a good name to be your last word. <laughs> it should be something fun to say, like Tamika. You know? <laughs> I could, yeah, that's, that's not a bad one. Rosebud. Rosebud is good. Stella. Stella. So, yeah, do you have... Uh, do, we, do we do grades first or angels and demons first? We do grades first. Okay, so what would you grade this section for the last two episodes on a Dan Browniness scale? So it feels like... So a lot happened in this section. That's true. So that's exciting. But also I can't help being disappointed because a lot should have been happening. Like This should have been the whole book. Is this section? Yeah, like at the end of the first or second episode, we're like, okay, now the action's going to start. And it didn't start until this episode. Yeah. Or um, last episode. But because it did finally start, I am going to give it, I don't know, a B minus on Dan Brown. I'm going to give it a C plus because, like, okay. it has all the action you expect, but, like, it's all done in a way that's, like, clumsier than Stupid. you expect. So, like, it's, 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 like, coalescing into being Dan Browny, but it's, like, not there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about fun? just enjoyability? 
No. <laughs> because there were three chapters of explaining the plan. And it was like all the and same. That's too many. All the same explanation we've already gotten before. <laughs> so I give it a D plus. Yeah. And it was better than the past ones because stuff did happen. But it was also gross. There was a whole thing about like my wife is gross and she didn't blame me for my feelings, but, and I'm like, she didn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm going D for this. Uh, no, no good. Uh, do you have an angel for this section? My angel. Well, I just got sad about Rocio again. Cause she was going to turn Rocio, her life around. Yeah. Um, but she's not in this section. Um, my angel is, the 90 pound live wire okay salacious crumb Be- salacious crumb because she's doing her job and she was able to get jab out of his fucking little yeah cage and she's and like, she's the, things shit's on fire like she's the only cissec who's not intimidated by java we learn it's because she's salacious crumb uh my angel, i'm torn between angel between bev strathmore but i think she doesn't do anything and like she's not really angelic she's just like tragic and like, i feel bad for her i think my yeah. angel for this section is greg hale um yeah that makes sense like i mean he he goes about doing everything in a way that's not that smart or good but like his intentions by and large are good and like he is a big sex pest and creep mm-hmm. um but like i think by and large especially in this section he was out you know for the forces of good and i'm sad he died in the way he did and he really was a hero he should yeah. have had a hero's death yeah i mean it wasn't even on screen it was like off screen off page yeah um do you have a demon for this section um i mean everyone's so awful yeah it's there's a <laughs> but it's strathmore <laughs> okay i can see that um do i have to explain it it's obvious he's <laughs> no, awful he's, he's, <laughs> he's he's based his life on a weird incel fantasy of susan fletcher who's like 15 years his junior and he's married and she has a fiance and he's just like he's putting so much like on her it's very gross yeah um man that line of he earned her really sucks that really in the italics were um, so aggressive yeah <laughs> uh i think my demon for this section is going to be david becker he ruined a perfectly good church service by not dying and then he killed <laughs> He killed a disabled man for no fucking reason. He's just a bad guy. I mean, not for no reason. Oh. He was being pursued. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like. Uh, but yeah, David Becker. I fucking hate him. Which brings Hold us. On, sorry. Uh, One second. Oh, I was going to say, I think that finally brings us to the end of uh, this extended two part episode. Yeah, um, thanks for sticking with us. I can't wait to be done with this book. One more, one more, one more. One more stint, <laughs> stint. Um, the next few episodes will be recorded in Forest House, because I'm going to be home for about a month and a half. Oh, sweet, yeah. Uh...
Um, until then, uh, you should probably get ready for the next book because we only have one section left. Uh, so after this, we're watching. The, we're gonna well, we're gonna watch the film Disclosure. Disclosure. So you know, get ready for that. We're very excited. Um, yeah. How did we say we were gonna do that? Just watch it separately and then compare notes. Or? I think so. <laughs> um, and then we're gonna read the Lost Symbol after that. So yeah, right? Or yep. Lost Lost Symbol. Get psyched. Oh my god. I, I, it's actually kind of fun. That's, that's, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember much about that book. I reread the first few chapters recently. It's National Treasure. Yeah. And as I recall, those first few chapters are deeply weird. Is that one about the Freemasons? Yes, probably. Oh, fucking love these books. Uh, okay. <laughs> in the meantime, follow us on social media. Yeah, you can follow the show at Dan Brown Code Pod. You can also follow me at Lena Jamili. That's L I N A J E M I L I. You can follow me at Wishbone Ulysses if you pass the test of purity of heart. That's right. And you can also find us on Facebook by Google by mm, searching. There we go. Uh, the Dan Brown Code Pod will crop up. You can't find me on Facebook because I deactivated. Oh, did you? Yeah. Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> the Zook. Um, what else did I want to say? If you have a word for boobs that we didn't get to. Oh my God. Yes. Holy shit. Please, please tweet us whatever word for boobs <laughs> that we didn't get to. Cause I'm really curious. Yeah, I want a comprehensive <laughs> I, list on my desk by this time next week. <laughs> I want, I want to have like maybe 50 words for, for boobies. It's important. Does teats count memories, but that's not a slang term. I mean like udders. <laughs> I don't like that either, but it's, I mean, it's yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> all right. Uh, bye. Bye. This Italian team, their hair is all so good. 